0: You're listening to Adam Carricker on The Ticket on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.
1: Welcome back to 93.7 The Ticket with Adam Carriker on The Ticket. In case you missed the first 30 minutes of the show, just a heads up, I'll be joining The Ticket twice a week going forward starting next week. Every Monday and Friday live from noon to 1 p.m. Central Time. Grab your lunch and join me for lunch hour. Hopefully at some point, something in comes out and we'll have some fun, talk some Husker football, Husker sports, and enjoy life in general together at least, just for a short time. Also, characterchronicles.com is live, up and running. Go check it out. And do not forget to check out Landscapesupply.com as well. And before I bring on my guest, a former teammate of mine, a man who was a part of one of the most legendary plays in the history of Husker football. Be sure, send me your questions, comments, concerns, whatever is on your mind. Call or text 402-464-5685. The last 10 minutes of this show is always dedicated to the people. Your questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, or otherwise, the people segment. But next, I want to bring on my guest. Now, this is a man who was able to play a plethora of positions. It's a rare skill to have. This is a man who was a quarterback, wide receiver, running back, free safety throughout his career at the University of Nebraska from 2001 to 2005, Mr. Mike Stunts, How you doing, my friend?
0: Adam, hey, I'm doing great, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, I want to thank you for joining me, and I'm being joined right now on the Aloe VIP line brought to you by Aloe Fiber, where we understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. Man, I got to start off with the question. I'm sure you've been asked a million times, but I have not asked you this, so I'm going to start off with it. All right, dude. Black 41 flash reverse pass. All right, the 63-yard touchdown pass from true freshman Mike Stunts to Eric Crouch sent the 246th straight sellout of Memorial Stadium into a frenzy as NU would go on to end Oklahoma's 20-game win streak and Crouch said, and I quote, I don't remember a time that I've ever heard Memorial Stadium that loud. Now talk to me about that play, that moment, the reaction from the crowd. What was it like for you being on the field and making that epic pass?
0: Oh, it was um, it was amazing. You know, I, that was such a such a big game. You know, one versus two. Uh, at least the AT I think, or maybe B.C.S., one of them. It was one versus two. And, you know, we'd been... Excited the whole week, learning about all the history of Nebraska, Oklahoma, and all the big plays that happened. And, you know, we had the trick play put in, uh, the practice. We kind of figured we'd run it, but it wasn't guaranteed. So, you know, when, they, when Oklahoma actually ran pretty much the exact same play earlier in the game and, and missed it, I figured there was no way we were going to run ours. But still called it. And, you know, I agree with Eric. That was the loudest. I never heard that stadium at this point. It still is. You know, I've had a few that were pretty close, but that, that was the loudest I ever heard it. And, uh, it, you know, he made, a, he made a great catch, great play. We won the victory. It, was, it was awesome, man. I mean, uh, you know, it comes up way more frequently than I thought it would, even 20-plus years later, which is just, just crazy to me. But I, I love it.
1: Yeah, that was the old BCS system, number one versus number two. Now, at the time, I kind of revert to the BCS system as the bullcrap system. But now I don't know that it might not be better what's coming down the pipe. But we can get into that at another point in time. And it's funny you brought up Oklahoma trying that same play because their quarterback was wide open. The difference was the pass was awful. I could argue that your pass was – I wouldn't even argue it. It's a fact. It was significantly better – I don't even know the Oklahoma player's name – He couldn't throw the ball 20 yards, which is why their play didn't work. But your pass was right on the money. Eric made a great crouch, and then electricity happened. But i got to ask this because I've I've heard this talked about. You guys repped it in practice that week leading up to the game, obviously. I've heard strong rumor and innuendo that it did not go very well in practice. Talk to me about that, and did that make you nervous when you were like, we're going to actually run this in the game, too. Is it going to work any better than it did in practice?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it, it wasn't perfect in practice. I, I, I don't remember it being as bad as other people do. I guess um, I, I was not particularly concerned. It wasn't overly taxing, you know. As to me, it was going to be a wide open throw. The thing I was, I was most worried about two things. One, I didn't want to false start. Two, I wanted to catch the pitch. I, I was worried more about that than anything else. You know, cause it's not wide open and. Just run. It's not that hard. Um, So yeah, it it wasn't perfect, but I've heard this before too, and I don't know. Um, Maybe I'm just remembering things the way I want them to be. But uh, I I thought it was okay. Other people may feel differently, but it wasn't that
1: bad. So I wasn't there. I'm just going off. You know what? What rumor and innuendo is my friend. Uh, All that matters is what happened in the game. So everything else is just kind of fun to chat about a little bit. But you're a guy who moved all over the place okay you were a guy who was able had the ability to play quarterback wide receiver running back free safety at times talk to me about playing different positions you know and we see Heinrich Harburg out there catching a few passes who knows if it means anything at all Uh, but what was it like playing different positions and if a quarterback on this team does get moved to another spot what would your advice to him be
0: yeah sure you know I actually had forgotten about the running back thing um (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, we, we tried to run a like a half-back pass, and they absolutely did not fall for it. Like, Wonstad was standing on the sideline pointing at me. It's like, that guy's going to throw it. It, it was, it was know, yep. from the start. Uh, I forgot about that. Thanks for bringing it up. But, you know, as far yeah. as playing multiple positions, <laughs> it was it was fun and frustrating at the same time. You know, I, I was recruited to play quarterback. I love playing quarterback asked me to switch to wide receiver before my first year because they, they felt like we had a great team and really just kind of needed like one more guy out on the edge to, to kind of make the difference and, and you know I um it's 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 not when, when you're making a switch like that particularly coming from where I was I was coming from small school football in Iowa I, I think you don't realize it's not just that you kind of get it or that you're pretty good at it or that you know, you're know you coming along and you're, you're doing pretty well. Like coaches at that level needed you to be good yesterday, you know, like switching positions, switching systems, you know, whatever. Like it doesn't matter to them. Like these are grown men with, you know, families and mortgages and they've got you know, bills to pay. And the only thing that matters is who is doing it the absolute best right now and so I I I felt like you know even though I I played fairly well at receiver like changing those positions you got to have the mindset that this isn't something that I'm learning it's something that you are you're doing it now and you need to do it well immediately don't think about you know trying to get better think about being great as soon as you possibly can so you know, there, there are subtle things. If one of the guys on the team now is, is making a switch, particularly from TV to wide receiver, I think I found the most challenging. Was blocking Just because in that system at that time, you know, we used to joke and call ourselves mini linemen. You know, we were out there um, trying to clean guys up, and that's a difficult job. You know, trying to track down a DB or a safety in, in wide open space. Uh, I thought that was probably the hardest part. Uh, of the gig, and, and frankly, I was not very consistent at it. Like the effort was there, but it was it was difficult. So, a learning curve like that's something that you you've got to try to get past immediately if you really want to get out there and, and make a difference. And then, you know, particularly for the TV to wide receiver switch, that's an uh, underrated part of it.
1: That's a great point right there. Uh, I think that's I think that's something that most people including myself, maybe even think about uh, the blocking aspect of being a wide receiver and the desire and the skill that needs to be developed in order to do that. Now, my next question, let's see. My recruiting trip to Nebraska was about 21 years ago, give or take. And I've been waiting about 21 years, give or take, to ask you this question. Now, I'm sure you know what's coming because I brought it up to you on the side a couple times. But you were my host on my recruiting visit. and. Uh We got lost. What Mm -hmm. the heck happened there, Mike? I've been waiting 21 years for this. How did we get lost that night, dude? And what's funny is I think we pulled into, like, a grocery store parking lot at one point to try to get our bearings. Well, you did. Uh, And I I think I actually, every time I drove by that grocery store the next four and a half years, that would enter my mind, and i just kind of chuckle. But anyways, how did we get lost that night, dude?
0: So, to be fair to me, um, this was, you know, before people had, like, GPS on their cell phones stuff like i didn't have a solid address of where we were going so if i could throw that out there a little bit uh, <laughs> yeah but i mean we were trying to we were trying to go to uh i, I think it was uh and, and uh dan burroughs house and
1: then yep. on the
0: 27th and just just off 27th like why something like that and it gets a little weird yep. back there um uh, like the street doesn't actually go through and and connect 27. So there was some circling involved, um you know. But but really, what it was was kind of a, a sleeper operation. Like I kind of had to vet you a little bit more. I didn't want to. Oh. You know, okay. I, I needed to kind of you know start <laughs> in the interview process. We we were a little shaky, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I, I kind of had to you know figure you out a little bit more. It certainly wasn't that <laughs> you know I was just straight up lost. that wasn't the deal at all but yeah, uh of course regardless i mean it worked right like you came it did you know, work Played for us so you're welcome i guess is probably <laughs> what you said. i'm not picking up on any gratitude from you but that's okay that's that's
1: okay you know what mike i took three recruiting uh official recruiting trips and you were by far the third best host i had so i want to thank you for that <laughs> and please. i very much I'm appreciate on the it podium. <laughs> You are on the podium. I remember a few things from that night. Obviously, you know, that that, that question was more in fun than anything else. I remember meeting Tony Finotti that night. That's a large human being. Uh, I remember getting to that house where we were trying to get to, and let's just say Mr. Richie Incognito was having some fun there. So I do remember yeah. a few things about that night beyond that, but, you know, I like yeah. to have fun here. So, all right. So we're going to go from a, a fun question to a, a serious question, all right? So when yeah. I interviewed Roy Hulu, when I interviewed – Oh, uh, Jared Crick, I asked him. I said, "Should Bo Pelini have been fired?" So, Mike Stunts, my friend, I'm just going to ask you: Should Frank Solich have been fired? In your opinion?
0: No, I mean, you know, if you, if you look at just, just purely the record, I mean, that was it, it didn't make any it didn't make any sense, right? Um, it just. Uh, I, I think that that was kind of the, the moment where things really kind of started to slide for us, don't you? Um, it was yes. Sort of like the, the curse, like like the goat with the Chicago Cubs, like us getting rid of Coach Bowers <laughs> kind of was yep. that pivotal moment, you know? Um, so, no, I, I don't think so. I, I I felt like a lot of the stuff that they claimed were were the reasons didn't make sense to me. You know, they, they talked about recruiting and, and Granted, we were not as talented as, say, the 94, 95, you know, late 90s teams. Uh, but you go back and you look at the defense and the fellas that got drafted 0-2, 4 and then, you know, look at other years prior and, and some years after, like, we we have some players. You know, we have some pretty good players. So I, I don't know if I'd buy that. I think the issue was we just developed such a high standard that's that Slipping off of it kind of left a window open for certain people to try and make their mark, I guess, would be the, the way I, I always kind of interpreted that. So, um, yeah, I guess my answer to your question would would be no. Uh, but it's one that I think people are going to debate for a really long time.
1: Well, I'm going to agree with you. Uh, but like you said, we could debate forever. So I think what I'd like to do now, cause you're, you're doing some big things. All right. So I'm, I'm a man who's had LASIK surgery. In fact, I've asked you questions cause you know, my, my vision hasn't been as good in recent years and you've helped me out. So tell the fine folks, all right, what you're doing these days. Cause it's pretty cool what you're doing. You're doing some awesome things, you know, and, and plug your business where they can find you things of that nature as well.
0: Well, um, I'm, I'm down in Tampa, Florida, so I, I don't know what kind of we're kind of reach, uh, you know, the ticket gets down here. But nevertheless, uh, if anybody's looking for me, that's where I am. Um, moved down here a couple of years ago. I'm an ophthalmologist at a, a private practice here in town. Um, you know, we do uh, cataract surgery, LASIK, you know, like, like you had. Kind of do everything, um, you know, whatever it takes. Uh, but uh, got the whole fam down here. Loving it. Hotter than heck. But uh, it's been just great. And uh, if any Oscar fans are in the area and they they want to come see us, you know, we're over at St. Luke's um, off of State Road 54. And, you know, come on in and let me know. I know you came from Nebraska. I'd be happy to chat.
1: Well, my friend, thank you for joining me. Thank you for endearing me to Nebraska 21 years ago and joining me on my show 21 years later today. I appreciate it, my friend. Thank you for your time.
0: You bet, Adam. I'm happy to do it. Good talking to you. Good luck with the
1: show. Appreciate it. All right, we'll be right back.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping